Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts, my name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime. And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes, Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Okay, so before we start, we have a small little corrections corner from our Israel Keys case. Um, they wrote us and let us know that they just found our podcast and they love it. So thank you very much. But uh, the photos that I had mentioned of Samantha uh, wasn't actually a real photo. They said that it was a recreation for a TV show called Dark Minds and that the FBI never actually re- released the real one. Oh, I didn't realize that. I actually did look it up after you were gone because I thought maybe I would be strong enough to handle it. <laughs> well, it wasn't real. It was so, fake. Interesting. Yeah, and I actually uh, messaged them back and I was like, that makes me feel a lot better because I feel like having knowing that like, it's disrespectful for yeah. it to just be like, like you had said, it was like circulating on Reddit. Reddit, yeah. I feel like that is a little bit disrespectful. Right, especially when her, her family's family out there. And she was deceased at the time. Right, so. I actually love that tidbit um, because I was damaged by oh, that no. photo. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But yes, please, you know, we're not perfect. Um, well, mainly me because I'm the one that's like writing these. So um, if there's anything, I know I mispronounce words quite frequently, but if there's anything in any of our episodes that you know is not like doesn't add up or isn't correct, please let us know and we will correct it because we don't want false information floating around. So thank you for letting us know. Yeah. And now we're just going to jump right into today's case. Uh, But before I do, actually, I would like to mention that this case mentions a brutal death, child sexual assault, incest, and torture, so listener discretion is heavily advised. This case starts on July 29th of 1924 in Boston, Massachusetts, where Elizabeth Short was born to Cleo Short and Phoebe May Sawyer. Elizabeth ended up being the third child of five kids, which were all girls, When Elizabeth was around three years old, they moved to Portland, Maine, but that didn't last long before they again moved, but this time to Boston, where they settled down. Cleo, which was Elizabeth's father, was a pretty successful businessman. He built many golf courses. Oh, okay. But this was until the stock market crash of 1929, when Cleo lost pretty much all of his life savings, and a year later, his car was found on the Charleston Bridge, and it was abandoned and believed that Cleo had jumped off the bridge to his death as a result of basically losing all of his financial stuff. So Phoebe, now a widow and a mother to five, started a job as a bookkeeper as a means of income. But back to our main focus, which was Elizabeth. She suffered from asthma as well as acute bronchitis and even got to the point of having to have surgery on her lungs. Uh, This happened when she was about 15 years old. After this, it was recommended that Elizabeth get out of the cold, so for the next three years, she lived in Miami, Florida with friends and family, though her mom stayed up in Massachusetts. This was until her sophomore year when she dropped out of high school. Here's where things get a little weird. Um, When Elizabeth was 18 in 1942, 
Her mom got a strange letter that ended up being from Cleo, her supposedly dead husband. Basically, Cleo apologized for faking his death and said he did it to start a new life in California. Um, Elizabeth, soon after this, decided to go live with her dad, which was in Vallejo, California. But this didn't last long as the two argued frequently, which, I mean, I can see why, because she hadn't seen him since she was six, and he yeah. literally dipped out and faked his death. Yeah. So, and, like, people change in that amount of time, and she probably feels like she doesn't have to listen to him. Right, yeah. And, I mean, she was 18, so. Yeah. And he probably feels like she has to listen to him, you know? Right, yeah. They haven't gone through the struggles of, like, growing up. It's just, like, straight from small child to adult. Grown adult, Yeah. yeah. But sometime after this, Elizabeth worked at an Air Force base by Lompoc, California, and even left the country at one point with a sergeant she had been seeing. But that relationship didn't last long either, allegedly due to him being violent towards Elizabeth. After that, she moved to Santa Barbara, and she was arrested on September 23rd of 1943. Elizabeth was at a bar drinking, but was not of drinking age. So she was arrested and then got sent home to Massachusetts, but decided to go back down to Florida. And this is where she met Major Matthew Michael Gordon Jr., who served in the Air Force and was training to deploy for World War II. Elizabeth said that Matthew had written her and proposed via a letter while he was in India recovering from a plane crash. Elizabeth said that she said yes, but unfortunately, nearly... A week before World War II ended, he passed away from injuries he sustained in a second plane crash on August 10th of 1945. After this, in July of 1946, Elizabeth left Florida to go to Los Angeles, California on a trip to meet up with an old friend from Florida named Lieutenant Joseph Gordon Fickling. This was where Elizabeth would remain working at a job as a waitress and Hollywood hopeful um, for the next six months. When I mean, when I say Hollywood hopeful, she was like, according to our friends, she wanted to be like a star. And, but she was never in any movies. So. I think a lot of people do that though. Uh, yeah. Go and get trying a waitressing to job or whatever. Live the dream. Yeah. I know people from the office that were waitressing while they were filming the office. I think it's extremely common. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, but this brings us to January 15th of 1947 when Mother Betty Bursinger was strolling her daughter through a park when around 10 a.m. while walking down Norton Avenue, she noticed something in an empty lot next to the street. She said the body was white and she thought it was a mannequin until she got closer and realized that it was the body of Elizabeth Short. She quickly took off to find the nearest phone and called police. Once they arrived on scene, they found that Elizabeth's body was completely severed in half at the waist and her face had been cut from the corners of her mouth to her ears. As, yeah, it's called, like, Chelsea Grin. Like, the like the Joker smile kind Yeah, of thing. I mean, that's what I was imagining was, like, the Joker's mm-hmm. smile. But, like, that's creepy. Yeah. She also had cuts and bruises on her chest and thighs. And sections of her skin had been removed. Um, it was alleged that one of her tattoos had been cut off and um, inserted into her vaginal cavity um her blood had been drained what but does that mean they cut her skin off and like i i know but like why like what does that mean to whoever killed her i don't know that is bizarre yeah that one like and there was only like a couple articles that I had said sometimes it. most of people it, make sense like sometimes when people kill people it makes a little bit of sense you shouldn't do it 
but it you understand a little bit you know what i mean yeah and sometimes they do stuff where you're like what was going on definitely deranged yeah that's weird yeah and on top of that her blood had been drained to where there was literally no blood because you had said that she was so white the person thought she was a mannequin yeah but there was no blood at the crime scene that is weird so they believe or i guess not believe but they know because of that that she was murdered somewhere else and that her body was dumped and whoever killed her cleaned her body with gasoline um during the autopsy they found that she had been killed 10 hours prior to being discovered and they confirmed it was Elizabeth from a fingerprint that they had gotten when she had gotten arrested for underage drinking. After the autopsy was complete, it showed that Elizabeth's cause of death was lacerations, a hemorrhage on her head due to being struck in the face, as well as shock. They believe the killer was a surgeon or possibly an embalmer or a butcher because of the blood draining practices. Um, now, That's as soon the as... the weirdest thing. This is all very weird. Like, yeah. I feel confused. I'm surprised you hadn't heard of this. Honestly. I might have. I don't know. But I, I don't feel like I'd ever have heard of it. Well, she's known by a different name. We'll get to that. In That's a what I was thinking. That yeah. there, there was another name for this. Yeah. So now, as soon as they had a positive ID on Elizabeth, a reporter from the Los Angeles Examiner called Elizabeth's mother and tried to get as much information on Elizabeth as possible. But here's where it gets super scummy. Phoebe, Elizabeth's mom, didn't know Elizabeth was dead. The reporter said that Elizabeth had won a beauty contest and wanted to get information. What? Yeah. And she didn't tell her mom that she was murdered until after he got all of the information that he wanted. Are you kidding me? No, I wish. that. And it gets worse because um, after... You know, she had found out her daughter literally was murdered. The newspaper was like, hey, we'll fly you out here to California so that you can help police. Like, we'll pay for your ticket. But they didn't. They flew her out there, but they kept her from the police because they wanted to have all the leads and get the scoop first. Um, and eventually... That is crazy. Yeah. They, they eventually along with a sister paper, started releasing articles on Elizabeth's death and they painted her in such a horrible light, saying she teased men and was a sexual deviant and had been with, seen with at least 25 different men the two months prior to her death, which I don't think that they ever confirmed, but even if it was, like, who cares? Yeah. Like, but Elizabeth was nicknamed the Black Dahlia as a play on the movie The Blue Dahlia. I think I have heard of that name. Yeah. It's a, I think I saw a TV show about it. Well. A TV episode. I think one of the seasons of American Horror Story, I think the first season was like kind of a play on her part of it. The first season? Murder House. I do not recall anything from the first season. I could be wrong, but I thought that's what it was. But because Elizabeth liked to wear a lot of sheer black clothing, they called her the Black Dahlia. Of course, again, the rumor mill started flying with people saying that she was, one, a prostitute, um, but others said she was a lesbian. Um, 25 men plus who knows how many women, apparently. Well, apparently she didn't even, apparently she had just teased men because she was a lesbian, but these were all just rumors, and I don't think yeah. any of them, I mean, her friends literally denied it. But detectives were struggling to find a culprit and didn't have many leads until about a week after her death 
when the Examiner magazine got a call from someone claiming to be her murderer. As proof, he said he was going to mail some of Elizabeth's belongings, and three days later, the Examiner received a package containing Elizabeth's address book, her birth certificate, business cards, and photos of Elizabeth. This package also contained a letter that was like mod, mod podged kind of um, where they take different like magazine clippings oh, yeah. and like make different yeah. letters. Like a ransom note kind of. Yeah, it was like that. Um, and it read, quote, Los Angeles Examiner and other Los Angeles papers. Here is Dahlia's belongings letter to follow, end quote. And there was a partial fingerprint on the envelope, but it had been damaged going through the mail system, and they never tested it thoroughly, but everything else had been wiped down in gas, like her body. That is a weird substance to use for cleaning. Yeah, and I don't know if is it was that just... normal? I don't know. I've never heard of that. I mean, I know it works, but... Why? You would think... I don't understand why. Just because it's wet? I don't get it. I don't know. It has, like, chemicals in it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> A cheaper, I don't know, cheaper version of alcohol? I don't know. But, um... I understand that. I've never heard of that. Anybody using gas for cleaning. I feel like you avoid gas because you don't want to catch on fire. I think it sterilizes things. Does it? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I'm pretty sure I've seen it in movies, which doesn't make it really? real. People were using gas, like, saying that you should use gas to, like, kill COVID, like, to sterilize things. And there is some gas sterilization, however, oh, maybe, hmm, you know what? I'm wondering, is kerosene a gas? I think so. Maybe that's what it was, because I know, like, my dad used to get kerosene kerosene poured on his cuts from his grandparents. Oh my gosh. That sounds painful. Yeah, but it worked. (laughs) Did it work? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean, he's still here. I'm not saying it killed him. I'm just saying, did it sterilize? I don't know. Oh, it says kerosene oil. I don't, I thought kerosene was a gas. Is it not? We don't know. We actually don't know what we're doing. We're dumb. (laughs) But (laughs) turns out we don't know what the heck is going on around here. Is kerosene a gas? Now I need to know. Well, I do know that he definitely used like some sort of gas whether or not it Kerosene actually... Kerosene is not a gas. It is a combustible oil with low viscosity used by businesses and homes to fuel, as fuel, to generate heat, light, and power. Well, maybe it was just regular gas then. I don't know. Whatever it did, it kind of worked though because there was no fingerprints on it. Right. Like, apparently, apparently it helped, but I have never heard of that. Yeah. I don't try to sterilize your masks with it because apparently that's what the articles i read were saying people are like sterilize really your- yeah you're supposed to like that's why i'm confused because i feel like we avoid gas fumes at all costs and also wouldn't you be scared that you were gonna blow up that's what i would be scared of if you just like wiped it everywhere yeah could you imagine like i've never bleached a floor or anything but i know a lot of people like bleach their tile floors and stuff could you imagine spreading gasoline all over your floor mm-mm no, that's crazy. But <laughs> this person did it. Yeah, they did it. And this murder crazy person did it. Mm. Okay, yeah. So they had like wiped it down, <laughs> which <laughs> I guess makes sense. It doesn't, 
in my head, maybe you can literally just wipe fingerprints off with like any sort of chemical. And you might be able to. That's why I was saying like, is it just because it's wet or like is gas specifically used for this? Because I've never heard of that. So I just didn't know if it was like common or if this was like the one time that they did that. I don't know. Because I swear I've seen people like pour it on things, but it's apparently it's not a sterilization. So don't use it as such. (laughs) But um, that's what they did. And, and you said, I'm sorry, no, you're fine. you said that they used the gas on the the papers too? Yeah, like to wipe down her. How does that work? I don't know, because they mailed it. And you would think if they wiped stuff down in gas that it would First smell. First off, it would be smelling. Second, if you pour gas on a paper, would it not soak in? You would think. That's what I'm saying. The this paper. is very confusing. Yeah, I don't know. This whole thing, but it, I mean, multiple accounts said yeah. that no, I that's what happened. I'm just, I'm just puzzled. But it is, it is weird. Um, but two days later on January 26th, they got a handwritten note saying, quote, here it is turning in Wednesday, January 29th, 10 a.m. Had fun at police Black Dahlia Avenger, end quote, with a location and a time. Police went and no one showed. Later, a third clipped letter said, quote, have changed my mind. You would not give me a square deal. Dahlia killing was justified. Um, This letter was also wiped with gas. During the investigation, the team working on her case involved uh, 750 investigators. 750, wow. Yeah, and had over 150 suspects interviewed at the time. And over at, at the time of this, over 60 people confessed to Elizabeth's murder. I hate that. I don't that understand that. That makes me that. mad. It's... It, I, it blows my mind, but of course, none of them were thought to be serious or had any, like, evidence to prove otherwise. I feel like at this point, I'm not trying to give advice for murderers, but at this point, if you murder someone, you might as well just say you did it because they're not going to believe you. Well, if you don't, somebody else will beat you to the punch, That's apparently. You. Well, you might as well just be like, yeah, I killed her. <laughs> it's because crazy. all these people do it anyway. You might as well get in with a crowd. I feel like if you deny it, you're more likely to be... Accused. Right. And, well, and they didn't say that if these people were in prison or what, but like, just imagine being like a innocent bystander and just being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go confess to some murder Stop I didn't do today." Stop saying innocent bystander. Why? It's not bystander. What is it's that? Bystander. There's no D. <sighs> I've told you this on like six episodes. <laughs> innocent bystander. Thank you. I will. I will um raise my standards and talking. There you go. Thank you. Yes. But Thank you very much. as of today. I don't know why, but that's a pet peeve of mine. Whenever you say bystander, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I'm going to have to put it in I notes. cut it out sometimes. <laughs> I don't even notice it. Probably because I cut it out. <laughs> well, all of the innocent bystanders, okay, um, or if they were that, that would just be so weird for them to just be like, I'm like, you know. It's weird. I, you have to be you have to be crazy to say that. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't either. And there's lots of people that do that. Oh yeah. Um as of today there is over like there's hundreds of people that have confessed to it. Um but still the case uh, has not been closed. Really? Yeah, and there have been a few theories linking her to murders. Some other ones like the Cleveland Torso murders or the Lipstick murders, which is one that you had said Criminal Minds had covered. Yeah, I think that's what I saw. Yeah. On Criminal Minds. And then I apparently also saw it on... American Horror Story. American Horror Story. So I've gotten this story from several angles. 
Yeah, and I didn't know some, I mean, I heard of Black Dahlia murder, but I didn't know, like, I know her dad faked her death and all this stuff. But the main thought that the main reason this case is still open is because of the media's involvement, um, like them withholding tips and information from the police because, of course, they needed to fit their narrative of the story that they wanted to tell. So you guys couldn't see, but I gave a very loud eye roll. Yeah, I heard it from all the way across the room. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> there, There is one theory, though, that I do want to cover as personally, this is the one that I find most plausible. Okay. In 1999, a retired detective named Steve Hodel was going through his father's things as his dad had recently passed away. He found two photos of a woman that looked exactly like Elizabeth Short. After finding these, Steve basically opened up his own personal investigation on his deceased father, whose name was George Hodel. He obtained FBI files and newspapers and even hired a handwriting expert to compare samples from the handwritten note to his father's. And the analysis came back that it was a strong possibility that they matched. However, the results were not conclusive. But another thing that added up was that police believed it was a medical doctor who killed Elizabeth and Steve's dad was a doctor who most likely learned how to perform a, I'm definitely going to mess this up, a hemicorposectomy, which is a medical procedure that slices the body beneath the lumbar spine. Um, He would have learned this when he was in med school in the 30s because at the time this procedure was taught. I guess it kind of like was only taught and used for a certain period of time. But Steve even went through old receipts, one dated a few days prior to the murder, for a bag of concrete, which matched a bag found near her body. By this time, many detectives were deceased, so he went by archives. His father was one of six main suspects at the time of the murder. Really? Mm-hmm. And they had even bugged his house in the 50s. Wow. So some of the recording... of uh, in some of the recordings, you can hear a woman screaming. And then later that day, after the screams, George Hodel was overheard telling someone, quote, Realize there was nothing I could do. Put a pillow over her head and cover her with a blanket. Get a taxi. Expired 1259. They thought there was something fishy anyway. Now they may have figured it out. Killed her. End quote. He continued, quote, supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia, they couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead, quote, end quote. Um, in 1945. Why did they not arrest him then? Well, I don't know. Because that seems suspicious. Right. And like his his secretary, her name was Ruth Spaulding. She died in 1945 from a drug overdose, and Hodel was there, George, was there when she died and had burned papers belonging to her before he called the police. So he was never... Yeah, that guy's the guy. Well... <laughs> I feel confident. That's how I feel. And... <laughs> Good thing I'm not a detective because... <laughs> jail for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> jail for George Hodel. I feel like they should make jail time for people that fake, um, admit to murdering uh-huh. people. I agree. Because it's I wasting people's time. It's a waste time. of time. And it, like, further damages the family members and friends mm-hmm. of the people who have passed. Yeah. That's messed up. We're I gonna hate that. 
we need to start a law for that. <laughs> but uh, George was never charged the with anything. The murder and misery law. <laughs> I may down. not admit to crimes. <laughs> and if you do, it's probably, I don't know, 30 days in jail or something? No. You get the full punishment. If you said you did it and you want it, you get it. I, that's true. Why would they... If they want to be punished, let's punish them. I, I don't get it. I like this, Heather, because usually I'm the one that's being crazy, like, jail, life sentence for everybody. No, you say, I'm glad he's dead. And I, well, I don't feel glad that they're dead. It, but if they, want to sit, if they want to sit in jail, fine. It depends on if they're a bad person, you know. Some of these people... I know you feel like everybody's a bad person. Well, so. there's some. Like, with the younger ones, I'm like, okay, like, mm, But, like, the people that did, like, the brutal deaths, like this. Yeah. Glad this guy's dead. He died yeah. of old age, but... Well, I feel like if we just gave, like, ten people... Like, if ten people fake confessed and we gave them the full punishment... People, people would be like, it. maybe I don't want to do that. Stop wasting people's time. It's stupid. It is. It's... I don't like that. And that was a murder and misery rant. You can see us at our local courthouse. I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) But George was never charged with anything, yet documents have shown that his uh, secretary knew a lot of what he did, like, in the shadows. So, but of course, can't prove it. And allegedly, she died of an overdose. Didn't say where she got the drugs. Because he was literally a doctor. I don't understand, you know. Yeah. But it was said that George regularly had affairs and in 1949, witnesses stated that one of the men was, nope, that one of the women he was having an affair with was Elizabeth. It was believed by some that he, like, committed all these, like, medical financial frauds where he would bill patients for procedures and tests that he never did. And there's also rumors that he worked as an illegal abortionist and performed abortions for both Hollywood's social elite and prostitutes that were impregnated by police officers and that his secretary was about to literally go to the police with this information, which, I mean, it sounded like he was somewhat working with him. But anyway, this is when she mysteriously died of an overdose. So Also suspicious. Right. And then he went to China for um, the United Nations doctor's stuff or whatever weird yeah but the case her the case of him like having any part in the homicide what uh of his secretary was never like he never was considered a suspect which is sketchy because he was literally there when it happened but okay Uh, listen we've we've dealt with this before pam hub killed her mom and true nobody thought allegedly because it's still ongoing true 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 Sorry. Gotta protect the brand. I, we can't get sued. I get it. Okay, Pam Hupp allegedly kills her mom, which I think most people believe that because mm-hmm. those are some odd circumstances. And she had already said that she could kill her mom for more money, so. Right. I Stupid. just feel like if we put the puzzle pieces together, again, it's a good thing I'm not the detective. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. But I'm just the podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> but other doctors saying that. With the illegal abort, like the back alley abortions, said that he wouldn't have even considered doing those because back in the day, you know, when that was the whole thing where everybody had to be doing that kind of stuff, um, it wouldn't be doctors that did it. It would be nurses or medical students who would carry out these illegal abortions. I didn't know that. Yeah, because, and I will say a lot of the time it wasn't even, it was people pretending to be doctors that would pour like 
baking soda into their services and honestly killed a lot of people. Yeah, Yeah, super messed up. up. But they they would do it before they became a medical doctor. But according to George's own daughter, he did perform dangerous back alley abortions. And she knew this because she said that he performed one on her. Whoa. In 1949, his 14-year-old daughter, Tamar, accused him of incest and molestation, alleging that she got pregnant following a sexual assault from her dad and that her father had given her, given her one of the back alley abortions. And he said, or she said that he regularly performed them on others. Investigators looked into the uh, allegations And also, his daughter literally said that he killed Elizabeth Short, but they deemed her not credible because she was considered mentally ill. This is, like, the 40s. Like, the 50s. I just feel like... I feel like everybody's (laughs) mentally ill. Yeah, true, but I just feel like I feel very confident that this man did it. That's what I'm saying. You're not telling me about any of the other six prime suspects, but there's just a lot of evidence against this guy. And I feel like he he might I haven't read his uh, Steve's book. We might go into that, but I feel like that was something. All of the actual names of the people that was something that he had to like petition to get the files from the FBI. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if he even has the other people's names. Yeah. Um, or if that was ever released, it might have been. But I, I wonder didn't if that see guy's anything. doing okay. His son, the one that found out all this information. Well, um, because that's a lot, Steve said that he found out details from dozens of other murders that he thinks his father might have um, participated in. He also thinks that he might have been the Zodiac Killer. But. Interesting. Right. Either way, he's pretty sure that his. Interesting claim. His dad's like was a murderer. And Steve's research has even garnered some attention from law enforcement. I thought they figured out who the Zodiac Killer was. Like last year. Golden State. Not people not say the Zodiac pocket. killer is Ted Cruz. Huh? People say the Zodiac killer is Ted Cruz. I thought I I heard on the I like, oh like like I like everybody here knows. Yeah. Okay. I'm uneducated, but I think I heard on the radio. No, I know exactly what you're talking about because I got really excited. But that was a group of researchers that had said that they found out who the Zodiac killer was, but the case was never closed because the FBI as far as I'm aware, still haven't been like, yeah, like, no, that was the guy. Okay. Well, I heard on the radio, they were like, and breaking news, blah, 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 blah. You know, the radio's obviously sensational, but they were like, we, they found the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, interesting. And I don't even know anything about the Zodiac Killer. So maybe mm-hmm. we should do an episode on that. But yeah, I, I don't actually know, but I did hear that on the radio. Yeah, I know. Cause I saw it on Facebook and I got super excited and then... I was, like, reading it, and it was, like, the FBI, like, these people are, like, hey, like, no, like, we did all the research, this guy did it, Mm -hmm. but the FBI is, like, "Mm, we're not so sure about that yet, and it's not confirmed, so I don't know if that's still an ongoing thing. I should look into that. Yeah. But in 2004, Stephen R.K., who's the head deputy for the L.A. County Sheriff's um, District Attorney Office, I said added sheriffs in there, and it's just L.A. County's District Attorney Office said that if he was still alive, he would have enough evidence to indict him for Elizabeth's murder. Eventually, Stephen compiled all of his evidence into a 2003 bestseller called 
Black Dahlia Avenger, the true story. If anybody wants to check it out. So that is the case of Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia. Rest in peace, because yeah, that's super messed up. That That is such a weird story. And obviously, like, her family, even though we think this George guy did it, her family doesn't really have any true closure mm-hmm. on the situation. So that's a bummer that, like, we feel like we know, you know right. what I mean? But, like, still, do we really know or are we just jumping to conclusions because it makes us feel better? Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't know. seen any – usually I try to figure out on the family. Obviously, her parents are dead. Her father was apparently, like, an alcoholic and didn't even go to her funeral. And her mom, it didn't, it didn't give much – detail I didn't see much detail about the afterlives but she had four sisters so I'm assuming that they went on to have kids and you know she still has family out there that I'm sure would like to see justice for her case yeah well it kind of seems like they're not looking into it that much anymore if this guy put all this together with the tapes from Mm -hmm. when his house was bugged and you know the evidence against him with the secretary and all that like and obviously there's nothing they can do now because he's gone. Mm-hmm. But, geez, that's a lot to deal with. With his yeah. daughter and this and maybe being the Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. Who knows? That's a lot. Yeah. It, he seems like a very messed up guy. So. But, like, how do you deal with... I feel like he's the prime example. We talk about this all the time. Like, how do you deal with knowing that you came from that kind of crazy, that kind of evil? I wouldn't know what to do. And it's kind of interesting to me that, you know, his dad was a doctor, somebody that you think you could trust. Mm -hmm. And then he turned out to be a detective because he said he was a retired detective. It's kind of weird that, like, I don't know, maybe he sensed it all along and, like, made up for his dad's badness. Yeah. Evilness. And, I mean, you can see that. I'm I'm sure it goes both ways because we see a lot of... um, victims family members who go on to work in law enforcement yeah and so i can definitely see why it goes both ways if you find out your dad or your family members well that was one long before it. he ever knew you know yeah but you're i'm saying if you like you said if he like sensed like obviously his sister was like 14 years old yeah that's true and, and so maybe all he this knew stuff. about all of that when he was a kid knew about that stuff not about the black dahlia mm-hmm. but and i'm sure he went way more into de- i haven't read his book but um, I'm sure he went way more into detail about all of that stuff in his book. If anybody else um, wants to check it out, there's been quite a few TV depictions of this. I'm sure it's a pretty wide known case. I think it's one of the most famous cold cases because it's still considered a cold case. Yeah, I have heard of this one. Hey, we're getting somewhere. Don't <laughs> Doing a little dance. Um but yeah, uh, clearly I still don't know that much, as I have said in this episode. But I have heard of this one. It's kind of, I don't know, it's spooky. It's very weird. This is the kind of thing that makes your head spin around because you're like, what was going on? Like like I said, sometimes it's easier because you're like, okay, that makes sense. Like, they were enraged and this person made them mad, so they killed them. Mm-hmm. And like, they shouldn't have, clearly. But like, it makes sense. Why? And, like, none of this makes sense. Mm-mm. Cold-blooded. I just don't really know what else to say because there's just not a lot to discuss. Like, it was just, like, really weird and 
obviously I know I had already known about it. A lot of people already knew about it, but I hope that if her family members are out there that they have been able to find peace over the years because I'm sure it's hard to know that your sister or your aunt or whoever went through something like that and not have any justice about it. But you guys know where to find us for our next episode. And if you haven't already, please follow us on our social media accounts. And we will be back together next week with another episode. Okay, bye. Bye.